Hello and welcome back to the Talking Walls podcast. I am your host, Matt Cooper, and regrettably, we are going to have to talk about last weekend. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Dave, how are you, mate? Just, have you recovered? I'm all right, to be fair. By the foot, I feel a bit drained. Uh, bank holiday. But, um, yeah, other than the football, keeping well, mate. Keeping well. You, um, you still kind of basking in the decision not to go to Brighton? Oh, mate, I'm delighted. You know what? I, I said that after the... I, w- I went there last season, didn't I? And that was old Mel Eves situation. Yeah. The, the last the last time we went... Eve Gate. Yeah, and that's mm. when... Left Wolverhampton about one o'clock. Didn't rock up until to Brighton just before eight o'clock when it was kick-off. And I thought to myself, I sat on a coach for seven hours. I'm never going to this place again. Uh, so I'm very, very happy I stuck with that decision. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, I agree. But we're not on our own, are we, Dave? We are, of course, joined by George. George, mate, how are you? Recovered? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, all good. Yeah, all good. Um, I think the less we could say about the weekend, the better. But, of, well, if we did that, we wouldn't have a podcast, would we? So we'd better talk about it because everyone's going to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Normally for the podcast, we've put an agenda together. So it's kind of like key points that we touch upon. Um, and in the notes, it just says... Lads, you will need to give me a hand here. <laughs> Refund question mark. <laughs> That's all. Normally, you'd have about 10 bullet points, and we'll try and kind of um, try and speak on each one of those points in a bit more elaborate, elaborative detail. But let's let's start there, lads. I just don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what happened, truth be told, because if you watch the fans react, you'll know that. After 38, 39 minutes, I was already in the car on the way to the weekly shop. I knew exactly which way it was going. I'd seen enough. I've got a free goal rule as it is, and I think that was at 4-0. But, Dave, where do you even start? I mean, we, we all looked at that line-up, and we even said it in our group chat and said, yeah, we don't mind that. We think we can we think we can do something against Brighton. And we got an absolute shellacking. I, I really don't know... I can't, and I still can't quite put my finger on what went wrong because it, it's happened before to Wolves where we almost come up against a team that's slightly weakened or going through like a fitness or injury crisis. Like I remember early days under Bruno Large last season when we went to Ellen Road and you know we'd picked up some good form and leads were just all over the place with their squad. And we took an early lead and I think we just went into the rest of the game thinking, yeah, we're going to see this out. And we, we threw it away. And it almost, I looked at Brighton's team, you know, they're going through a similar sort of thing, a few injuries rotated. And I put it in our chat as well. I saw that team, although I think we all know the whole Cunha and Costa thing, they both need to sort of play together. Uh, but I saw that midfield and I thought our midfield against the Brighton midfield that started on Saturday, I I'd, I'd, I'd believe that we could almost run the game. And it was a complete opposite. We couldn't get a kick and it was... It was absolutely awful um, and really, really disappointed by that that squad of 11 where, or the starting 11, which, you know, for the last few weeks, 90% of those have played in the games where we've been really, really decent. So, um, yeah, really frustrating. George, how would you describe that performance? How would you summarise it? <clears throat> I think for me... Um... I sound quite sadistic when I say this, but I'm kind of glad it happened. And the reason for that is that I feel the job that Lopetegui has done since he's come in has been unbelievable in terms of the points he's picked up. Seventh or eighth, I think, going into the weekend in terms of the form table since Lopetegui's took over, I believe. And I feel like Fosen could have potentially looked at that and gone, well, if we have Lopetegui for a season, 
with the current squad of players we've got, we'll be in and around seventh spot yeah. next season. The reality is there's a lot of things that are, he's done well, um, but there's a lot of bad things about this squad, which you know about anyway. There's players here that don't want to be here anymore. There's players that think they're too good to be here and they're getting a rude awakening. And thirdly as well, Lopetegui's trying to like implement his style and way of football with Nuno players and Bruno players as well. So there's a whole heap of things there going wrong in terms of that we know there's a rebuild this summer, but I feel that Fozen might have thought, you know what, maybe it's not as big as we needed, but in reality, it, it really, really is. And, you know, we'll, we'll get on to the goals in a bit more detail and certain players who did um, put the name in any sort of glory or whatever. But I can't, I still can't believe after that result on the weekend that people, again, are clamouring that Lopetegui's at his depth a little bit and not good enough for Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's just, it's absolutely stupid for me. I understand some fans saying he's out of his depth, and that's not saying I agree. Like he's been extremely pragmatic, and that's not a bad thing. He's he's got the job done. I don't think the quality of the football's improved. I really don't. I think it's as bad as it was at the start of the season. But Dave, I don't know how you feel, but he's got results, and and that's all that matters, and that's all you can really expect. And he hasn't been able to put his print on the uh, on the squad. I think it'll be different next season with a pre-season. But he he essentially brought in as a, a an extremely decorated firefighter, hasn't he? Because I mean, look where we were before he came in. Yeah, he's done. He's done a good job. You know, there's been, and you know, we, we tend to touch on this most most weeks. I think you know the amount of points we've got has been brilliant. Yeah. Um, I seem to be. And I don't know, I mean, the home games, especially for me, are 100 times better than what they were under Bruno Lage because we're actually scoring goals. We're looking like we were attacking. And it feels, you know, at home, we look a bit more uh, defensively solid. Um, but I don't know, you know, you, you look at him, he's lost He's lost his points, probably substitutions. But I think he's also gained us a lot of points with certain tactical tweaks and changes throughout games. And... Um, but like you two have already alluded to, you know, he needs to come in and, and put a mark on his own squad. And I think, like you said there, George, I think his plans in his head will be a lot clearer now after that result because there's going to be a number of players where he thinks, right, you are definitely not part of my plans or there's players that he was undecided on that he, he sort of will have made a decision on now. But be really interested to see how he approaches the Villa game in regards to who starts in that match because there's a couple of positions, you know, up in the air, including the goalkeeper, which again I'm sure we'll touch on. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting to see how he approaches that game at, uh, on Saturday. But I'm just hoping the game at Brighton was just a huge anomaly, and we just get back to to what we were doing best at home because uh, win against Villa, and then they can go on the beach if they want to, because <laughs> we'll definitely be safe by then. I know, I know. They said they were going to Brighton, but when you say on the beach, we meant oh, physically, no. not metaphorically. <laughs> Yeah. But I know, look, so I saw a few people say um, on the way down the day before, the players are taking pictures and smiling and pissing about. And I was like, I was like, yeah, but I think if you go in there and get a 1 1 draw, no one's asked. But yeah. when you when you lose 6 I don't think, like, if they, do you want to sit there, want them to sit there in silence and not in, in, enjoy a four hour coach trip down to Brighton or however, however long it is? Like, I think that's a. We can't have. You can't have both, can you? Like one hand, you've got people clamouring to keep Diego Costa because he's a great lad and he makes the dressing room smile and all this sort of stuff. 
I am, and then, like, I am say, those people. people. <laughs> yeah, but then you got like <laughs> yeah. say you got people who are saying like you know they're having a laugh and a joke on the coach down to Brighton. Like they're not robots footballers, no matter yeah. what people think. And everyone will say, oh, they're really well paid. They need to be serious, all this stuff. But when it comes to a couple hours before match day, absolutely, they should be serious. When they're, when they're at Compton, it should be serious. But anything outside of that, do what you want as long as it's not breaking the law. Like fucking do whatever yeah. you want. Like you know, what's the problem? As long as you, as long as you turn up to training and train hard, and you turn up to a match and give your all, it's all you really care ask for, isn't it? Really, of course. It I is. think that's probably all that Lapetegui asked for. And if you know what, it wouldn't surprise me for the Villa game if we see Jimenez and Nori. Would not surprise me. Almost to prove a point. Yeah. Mm. That uh, these lot have been out in the cold. You're all easily replaceable, kind of thing. Whether he will or not, you don't know what you don't know what's happened. But do you, I mean, we can try and talk about the goals if you want to, lads. I mean, Dennis Hunter's got on the score sheet twice, so he's absolutely <laughs> pony. Like it's, it's. It, it, I, I tweeted saying like that Undav is crap and he's he's scored against us. Like it could just just have to be us. So there were some good finishes in there. I have watched the goals back now, but there's so many sloppy errors from me. Look like players who. If football's about fine margins and they didn't look like they could be arsed to make up the, the fine margins, if that makes sense. And how you feel about it, Dave? Yeah, the, the, the thing that still confuses me is that, and I mentioned this on, on my reaction, is that I was disappointed not to see Cunha start because I think we've seen, we had the four or five weeks of experimenting from Lopetegui and we've seen our best, better football is played whilst Cunha and Costa either play with each other or play with another player, number 10 or another striker. Like for argument's sake, couldn't you played well with Jimenez at, at Fulham away? So the fact that we played with just Costa was a little bit confusing for me. But then on the, on the flip side, you think, right, with, with three central midfielders, not including Nunes, you'd think defensively we might be a little bit more solid. But my word, the, the gaps in that defence, just every pass that Brighton were playing was just straight through the midfield and back four. I just couldn't get my head around it. And it was really disappointing. And like you said, they, they scored some great goals. You know, Gross scored one or two decent goals. Undav uh, with a nice chip in the second half. But we gave, we gave them a good three or four of those, really. Uh, even the long-range attempts, I think Saar should have done better with. He dropped a really, really poor performance. Um, but, yeah, just just... Other than probably the gross outside the area and Undav's chip, I've t- I sort of forgot about all the other goals. I tried to let him go over my head, but it was just it was just really, really disappointing with how we conceded. But defensively, it was you know, from a team that's kept, what, four clean sheets out of five at home to then go and get smashed six goals the first time in 15 years in the league is is ridiculous, really. And I'm hoping it's at least another 15-plus years before we ever see a performance like that ever again from Wolves. You mentioned there about the goals going over your head. That well bit goes ahead. Mate, yeah. what's Kilman doing? Oh, Kilman just watched awful. the ball just fly over his head. Awful. What are you well, George? Awful for the goal. Like that goal, especially Kilman's in no man's land. And again, I know in the comments a few weeks ago, I got pelters for apparently bashing Kilman. And I'll stand by it. The bloke ain't good enough. And that, yeah, that on Saturday is exactly the reason why he ain't good enough. Like fish out of water. Got, he got his pants pulled down. He didn't know where, where he was coming or going. 
that goal, I don't even know. He's sort of like watches it go over his head, then he sort of just jumps towards Welbeck. Like it's just half arse, isn't it? Like I'm just gonna token token gesture of I'll just jump and try and make it look like I've gone for it. That's what it looked like to me. Absolutely, and that's our vice captain apparently as well. It's just it's again someone that needs to be addressed in the summer because he won't be in the team for me anyway, other than his recent performances I've said has improved. But for me, he ain't good enough. Like there's a lot of them though in that in in that in haven't come out with any sort of credit against Brighton. I thought Mateus Nunes probably had the probably had the worst game of football I've seen him have for Wolves. That's probably I'd argue that's probably his worst game of his life. And I've only seen him play football for nine months. Like even going back to like as a kid at Sporting, like <laughs> like he was that bad. Why was he put a right back though, man? That's that, what I was that, going no, to say. No, like... his problem. That is that, yeah. that isn't his fault. That isn't his fault. But like the second goal, for example, like. He's tried to turn, he's took a heavy touch, and then he's sort of gestured to Neves, like, I've tried to pass you the ball. Yeah, no, you haven't. You've just completely lost the ball. Let us go three on two. I mean, he, yeah, there's there's loads, and it's hard. I don't want to really sing. I didn't want to call this podcast and single people out. Um, there's so so many bad performances. Um, people are blaming for the Undav goal as well, but that's just Sark giving him that's a crap by hospital pass, isn't it? Yeah. I think, I think even... Out. The the three that I've seen sort of points Lamina out the most. As well. Yeah, that's yeah. probably Lamina's worst performance in a wall shirt. Tomato was poor, I think, before he came off. I've seen people even claiming that he faked the injury just to like, <laughs> having, at Sunday League. I always, always used to have a lad like that. We had a half decent defender, and every time we went one 0 down, he'd go down injured and just wouldn't play the rest of the game. Never got injured when we were drawing or winning, but as soon as you go one 0 down, he'd go down injured. And that's yeah, what somebody said about Tomato. Yeah, Tomato Nunes. To be fair, even before he went to right back was. So we had the old uh, Jackie Jackie Oatley on the um, on the comms, <laughs> and she was like, I think she even admitted it was quite unprofessional for it, but she was bash. She was like, I, I, I don't have a clue what he is doing, um, and Sar as well, just really really disappointing by Sar. He, I mean, I've said it for quite some time that I'd, I'd look probably look at replacing him in the summer. I don't think they will, but what do you what do you guys reckon? We know we know what we're going to get with Sar. You know, you're going to have. A couple of airy moments, and then he'll he'll pull a world to save out the bag. But I feel like there's been more hairy moments this season than than world class saves. The amount of times that he's got out of jail, where where he has where it's a misplaced pass or whatnot, or being laps on the ball, he's got out of jail and it hasn't gone in. But it's just it it's not good enough for me from a Premier League goalkeeper. It's just when he's got time to think about things, his head explodes. Yeah. And he cannot he, he, he cannot function. And no. do you think that fills the back four with confidence? Think when the ball goes back to the game, they're thinking, oh, fucking hell, what's he going to do with this here? No. They don't. Well, that's they, the reason. See? Like, for me, he ain't a Lopetegui goalie because he can't play out of his feet. It's simple as that. And I think you saw with, as harsh as it might have been, you saw with Sarkic and Liverpool away in the cup. That first 10-15 minutes, I think Sarkic kicked the ball out of play maybe four or five times. And Lopetegui was going absolutely berserk at him. And started just saying, lumping up the pitch. Two weeks later, he's gone out on loan to Stoke and we've signed a number two in uh, Bentley. Um, I think Saar just... He was very good with the ball at his feet. And I think that Saar just ain't good enough with his feet for a Lopetegui system. And I think as well, when Lopetegui is looking to implement his system coming into next season... I mean, if you want to be a, a a passing fluid football team, if that's how he wants to play or play out from the back, 
you need a goalkeeper who can play it from the back. And Saar ain't going to be able to do that. He's proven that time and time again in, in the short space of time Lopetegui's been here, that he can't do it. I think the, the, the thing that resonated with me recently is, I don't know if you've heard the Kevin De Bruyne interview after the Arsenal game, I think it was his, um, whoever's got the rights in America, and they were talking about what um, what do you what do you what do you work on in training? What does Pep work on? And he said, honestly, mostly most of the drills are goal kicks. He said because that's where you create your chances, that's how you build, that's how you progress. And I was like, that's mental. And then you look at also we got a keeper who couldn't kick snap off a rope. No, it's not the be all and end all, but perhaps we're limited to the way we play because it does start from the back, and you know it's. It's got it's got to go long, and then we've got better at going long and getting players in and around Costa. But apart from that, it just keeps coming straight back. You look at Sanchez for Brighton. No, he's not playing now, but excellent with the ball at his feet and 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 starts a lot of their a lot of their playoff because he can resist the press. He can he can clip a ball out wide to a fullback, whereas Sar can't, and he just. Just dilly dallies on the ball. For me, it, enough's enough. Now, I was I was against dropping him whilst we still had something to play for, because you know he's obviously a big character. Dropping big characters can often cause unsettled uh, unsettledness in the squad. Do you really want that in a relegation fight? Now we're pretty much safe. I'll just, I'll just drop him. Say to Bentley, here's your chance. Here's your audition for next season. You've seen Lloris, Lloris get dropped as well recently. Again, obviously, he'd been injured and Fraser Forster came in and Forster played the last couple of games. I think it's almost a shame that we've only had Saar two years because if there was a third year or if this was his third year, you'd be able to see and average out his performances because last year, we don't know if that was Jose Saar or whether he just had a ridiculously good season and, and this year is Jose Saar. If we had like a third season to compare, we, we know much better. But because he was he was great last year, he he was he won us a lot more points than than he lost us. But this year it does feel like, like you said, every time he gets the ball, you're worried about what's going to happen. Once or twice, even against Brighton, the distribution. I don't know if he was trying to clip it over to the fullback or the winger, and it just went out of play. It was just just kept inviting pressure and pressure every single time. Um, but then the difficulty is. You know who, who do you sign to come in and replace him? Because you want a a, a goalkeeper that is Premier League caliber. Bentley potentially, you know, no disrespect to him without really seeing him play. You don't know whether he's that he's that quality. Bono from Sevilla is the obvious one because Lopetegui managed there before. He ain't going to come to Wolves though, is he? He, he? he might do. I think Sevilla were looking to to let him go before the World Cup. Um, you got Diogo Costa, but again, top clubs are going to be asking for him. And, and he's got, he's got a ball as well. Yeah, so I don't know, but it was said from in January. I think literally January the first, or maybe just before Express and Star said Walls were looking at goalkeeping options, yeah. and it's probably a shame they missed out on that young kid. That did he end up going to Chelsea or Real Madrid? From the MLS, oh, the, yeah, the um, American guy. Yeah, because if he came in, give him six months, give him a spell, and then you know you could have. Sort of almost throwing him in the deep end from from the preseason onwards. It was um, so I think we were after Slanina, um, wasn't it? Was it Slanina? Gabriel Slanina. Yeah, Slanina. Yeah. But I think we were linked with um, the Sunderland goalkeeper at the moment as well. The yeah, young yeah. Is it he's, he's very good on his feet again. As well, when I watch, maybe if they don't, well, playoffs would seem unlikely for them. Maybe that's somebody that would go. And again, young British, you know. It's uh, I've not I've not seen us linked with that, but it's funny you should say that. My, my dad 
talking to my dad about Saar. My dad was a keeper coach in academies for years. He, he doesn't write Saar, but he, he mentioned... Who's he playing for? Sunderland, is it? Sunderland, Anthony yeah. he, he meant... He said... He said Patterson. I can't. I, know, I can't remember who he played for. He said the lad in the championship. He said he's excellent. I should go for him. I was like, my dad, you talk shit. But if you're like, <laughs> if, if, if you're saying it, and you know, you're good with think, his feet, then I think this. Uh, I know it's the son, but it was uh, Alan Nixon. Who's pretty? Yeah, it was fair Nixon, to him. Yeah. He's fairly clued up with that side VFL of uh, clubs, things. Yeah. 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 Twenty-two and years I'll throw, I'll throw another name to you, just because they're playing tonight and. I know, I know. Everyone's gonna go go bananas about it, but we, I think we could do a lot worse than someone like Jordan Pickford if they he's went just down. Just signed a new deal at Everton. Yeah, but if yeah, they go down, no chance he's saying it. Is he? Lo- loan down. deal, loan deal, pay the fee. <laughs> you say about be... you say that about Pickford, Jordan. But I've just got his stats up here, and he hasn't scored this season. So. Well, <laughs> he's, got a lo- he's, got, hey, he's got a lovely left foot on him, though, hasn't he? Yeah. That, that's literally every player linked to Talking Wars. He's only twice this season. He's a, he's a centre half. <laughs> he's a physio. <laughs> yeah, but Pickford's only got tiny arms. Yeah. So, really I, but if that's what he wants, I do as well. I think that sort of profile of goalkeeper is what Lopetegui wants. What, what, I'm going to bring the. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to bring the Ethan Pinnock segment forward here because Jordan yeah. Pinnock is 29. I thought he was younger than that. <laughs> Didn't you? I don't know. He's been around for I'd a long time, hasn't he? 26, 27. I'd have, said, I'd, I'd have said that. Same birthday as my mother as well. Um, so, What's a maiden name as well? Three <laughs> <laughs> digit number on the back of the card as well. <laughs> So, I mean, what do, what what do you do? What do you do for the Villa game? Do you do you drop Sar? I think I think you should. I do that. I think if you want if you want to go and get a goalkeeper that's potentially Premier League quality and good with the ball at his feet, you need someone who's a little bit unproven because those are two expensive. Well, a good shot stopper and good with the feet, expensive commodities. <laughs> to be fair, you've seen this season. Steele, who never played Premier League football before, he came has come in for Brighton and has actually been all right. Even against us on Saturday, I thought he made some half decent stops. Uh, you had, I know he's out of the team, Robert Sanchez at Brighton again. He had a loan at League One and then he went straight into the Premier League team and again did half, it uh, was half decent. So you're not really going to know until you give them the opportunity, to be honest. But I think if he drops Saar, that is a huge middle finger to Saar and that's it. Yeah. You're basically saying, mate, you're on the transfer list, you're free to leave in the summer. So that would be really intriguing, obviously, to 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 see what happens there. I think, I think there'll be clubs queuing up for Sada. I really do. Dave, did you know when we signed Sar, and he was one of those players? It was like Wolves are about to sign Jose Sar, and we're like, yeah. "Oh, that's a surprise!" Yeah. yeah, you know, he'd been in the in the pipe work mm-hmm. for a few years. I think you did an interview with an Olympiacos fan channel. Yeah, and he said he's a good shot stopper, but. He, he makes me nervous or he's always got a mistake. You no, know he did, you know. He said he yeah. was crap at distribution and that's the one thing that we said we wanted. I'm sure, I'm sure he did. And that's the one thing we said we wanted to we wanted to improve on because Patricio's wasn't very good. But... Do you know that, that meme where it's like the two fat blokes dancing and like the one comes over the top of him, he starts walking to it almost yeah. like <laughs> That was like Patricio we saw. We thought we were getting he, you know, Saw moved into Patricio's house as well, so... Oh yeah, my god! This is like the, the like they've been cloned. It's like the the, the um, Paul McCartney 
theory that <laughs> Patricio's just been killed off and now they've brought in Sara, who's actually just Patricio. They are very similar, though, aren't they? In terms of... I think Sarah commands his area a bit better, but I think Patricio yeah, is a better shot stopper. Yeah. yeah. Both, both, got, both got a pitching wedge for a, for a Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Patricio would never come off his line. Sarah doesn't know whether to do and just does it anyway. You remember, uh, was it Torino, Patricio? When I don't know what Jimenez was doing. From the halfway line, threw it back towards uh, Patricio. Oh, yeah. It bounced, and Patricio tried to volley it out, and it just went up in the sky. <laughs> and I don't, know how he, I don't know how he didn't concede. I think it was uh, Bellotti was, uh, was there, right under him as well. I was like, oh, my God. But that just about summed up Patricio and his uh, distribution. Bellotti's barely played, has he, for Roma? No, it's Finito now, mm-hmm. mate. He's got no mm-hmm. knees. Had no knees yeah. for three years, has he? Yeah. You remember when we were all like clamouring to sign him because we were just like, <laughs> desperate. Desperate. You know, uh, Daily Mail as well. They put an article about Diego Costa out today. They reckon his wage is just under Jimenez and Martino on about hundred grand a week. Absolute no chance. So they reckon he's probably there's no, there's no way that about eighty grand plus. I just said forty grand, forty fifty grand. Is Diego Costa who's taken? I would have said probably around that sort of mark as well. 40, 50. With add-ons. You've just spent... Uh, a pay as you play deal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Get Andy Carolling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, I mean, is there anything, is there anything else you want to talk about with, with this game? I feel like it's it was, it was unprofessional. The players chucked the towel in. We've... From, this is my opinion. We've fans have said they've got no fight, no desire. I disagree with that. I think they've had shown fight and desire all season, but just low on confidence. For me, that game was no fight and desire. What do you reckon, George? I think they've, I think they've chucked it a little bit. Um, to lose that Brighton team when they haven't got McAllister, Casido, and uh, Mitoma in, who probably are the three best players from Brighton as well. It, it's it's not a good look, is it? I, I think the problem with that lineup um, on the weekend is just there's just too many similar profile of player in the team, and it all comes down to. And I know we beat Palace, and everyone was saying how great it was that Ruben Neves ran the show and all that sort of stuff. And we spoke about it last week. I don't personally don't think he had that great of a game against Palace. No, same. I just think there's too many. There's too many of the sim that just trying to shoe all Neves in, and then you have got Neves, Lamina, Gomez, Nunez. Like they all just sit on top of each other effectively. Um, it's just not it's not ideal. I think again, another thing for me, like if Neves is unlikely to stay next year, and what we're hearing is we probably will move on if we get a bit of around forty million quid. Who buys him again? I think there will be people who are after him though. For that money, I really do. But who's got forty million to spend on Ruben Neves? Like United. I don't mean. I think someone like I think he'd fit in quite well at someone like Spurs. But he's personally, they've got, they've got like Ben Tancor, who's just, just yeah, as good for me. Yeah, but, but yeah, sorry, yeah, man, like, I've got to stop there. No, no, it's fine. No, I was saying. Um, I think if Neves isn't in the long-term plans, in terms of we think he's going to go. I know flat fans are still saying, oh, we're not mathematically safe and all this sort of stuff. I'm telling you now, we're stopping up because the teams below us are absolutely dog shit and there's not three of them catching us. That's just the reality of it. So for me, if Neves isn't here next year, I would 
say he doesn't play against Villa. And I know that's very controversial, but I think, you know, start looking at next season, i.e. Saar, if Saar ain't your number one next year, give Bentley a go. If, you know, if Neves ain't going to be here next year, play play Gomez and Lamina in midfield, if you ask me. Um, I want to see Saar be back in the team. I don't know why he ain't been playing. Cunha will obviously naturally come back in. I just think, just start building for next season. Stop trying to shoe on players in. Like Nunes was awful against Brighton, so I wouldn't be surprised if he ain't in the in the lineup on a on Saturday as well. So I'm I'm all for, I'm all up for a whole whole host of changes. Um, and just plan for the future. I'm like I say, I think the six nil defeat. I was, I'm angry about it. I'm hurt by it, but I don't think it's the worst thing that could have happened to us. Honestly, I really don't. You say about bringing players in who you think you want to kind of run with next season. But Dave, do you not think that's a little bit difficult when you've got quality players like Ruben Neves, who probably is going to be part of your plans next season if you keep him, but you don't know whether it's up in the air. Do you run the risk of saying like, look, he might not be here next season. I'm going to play Gomez instead. And then Neves ends up staying. And then you've got an unhappy Neves who thinks Lopetegui is a bit of a knobhead. It's hard because I think I mentioned this, was it before the Leicester game when I said in regards to him being included again, I think by now you should have a pretty good idea whether he's going to stay or not. Um, and that's probably the reason Dharma obviously isn't starting games. I know there's probably a small portion of the fan base that want a Dharma to be included, but the, the fact is that he's not signing the new deal. So why should Lopetegui be signing him? The Neves one, I know he's a very good player, but I don't know. I think as harsh as it sounds, we have played our better football recently without him. He's an he's an unbelievable footballer, but I think with the with the how the rest of the squad is balanced, you know, we probably do play slightly better without him. So um, if we keep him next year, then great. But Lopetegui has sort of got to figure out a squad that is still going to play well and attack well, um, and find a place for or role for Ruben Neves somehow. Um, well, I do agree with George. Like for you know, you do have to play a squad, or you got to start now between now and the end of the season. A squad that that are going to be here next year, and you know, a couple of the players there that you mentioned, Sarabia, who again he's been a bit marmite. You know, some fans do like him, some fans don't. But I think he just has that little bit of quality. He can make a chance out of absolutely nothing. Um, and I don't understand why he's been dropped because he started against Chelsea, was it? And we we they played really well against them. Um, Cunha's got to come back in for sure. The back four, I don't know if Sam what, what the situation is with Samado, but that means Johnny's probably going to come back in again. Um, so, yeah, unless he sort of plays Nathan Collins right back or something, but you'd assume Johnny will come back in with Bueno on the left uh, and, and, and Kilman and Dawson probably keeping their place. Um, but the never situation is the one. I think that's the one thing that just... Makes the makes the choosing the eleven very very difficult, but I agree with George as well. In regards to Nunes, I would probably drop him. It feels like you know when you, I mean, you probably won't notice Dave because you've been with your missus for all, all, all for as long as you've been on the earth. But <laughs> you know when you like you, you're in a relationship and it's coming towards the end, and there's almost like that period of like a month or two where it's up in the air. You both don't know what you want. It drags on, and your life just becomes about that. And it's like it's it's guesswork. There's game, and it, that's what it feels like with Ruben Neves. It's just like just put us out of our misery and say, "Are you going?" Ripping off the band aid, isn't it? That yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, are you going? Are you staying? 
Are you going? Yes. Okay. All the best. Sit it out. Are you staying? Sign the thing. Give him the arm. But you know what I mean? It's, that's, what it, that's what it feels like. Perhaps that's how Lopetegui feels. The thing is, they probably don't know as well. There probably isn't actually, as of right now, an offer on the table, is there? Because Wolves, if no one comes in in the summer, Wolves are going to obviously have to keep him. They can't just release him in the summer. So they're going to have to come up with some sort of thing. So unless they know that Barcelona, Man United, Spurs, Liverpool, whoever are going to are ready now to bid 35, 40 million, even Lopetegui and even Neves doesn't know what's going to happen in the summer. So I suppose it is very difficult from, from that but point they, of view as well. They should have a, they should have something lined up there. I mean, he's lined up to go to Barcelona and Xavi said he didn't want him. Yeah. So that's not going to change in a season, I don't think. Laporta likes him, doesn't he? But Xavi, yeah, Xavi, Xavi doesn't. apparently is the one that doesn't. And they he's probably haven't got the cash. That's what's yeah. happened. It'll have to be suffered. a swap deal. Yeah. If it goes to the Barca, it'll have to be some sort of swap deal or play both. You know, we sell Neves for X amount of money, but we'll buy a couple of Barcelona players for X amount of money. So it balances their books. Maybe. I think we, what we've got to be careful of as well. This defeat was all, it, it felt a little bit Bruno Large Brighton last last season, where it I don't know we can't afford to have a run of games now where we're getting getting absolutely tonked and players yeah. aren't asked because you've seen what happened last season at the start of this season that hangover you start another season like that I don't think we're going to be as fortunate as we have been this season to where the break has come for the World Cup so it's vital that Lopetegui puts it right starting with Villa. On, on Saturday, but we'll, before we touch on Villa, what do you reckon on the refund situation, Dave? Do you think fans should be refunded for the match ticket? I I said that they should. I'm not sure whether I still think that. I don't. I, I don't know. I think if it would have happened, it it may have, the club would have already announced it. Spurs did two days after the Newcastle game. But where do you draw the line, and what what do you think the club should do? Well, it'll be the players, yeah. won't it? It won't be the club. Well, yeah, say it'll be the it's... players, but it probably will be the club. It's difficult. I think if I went, I would be banging the refund drum a lot harder than uh, than than I am. Um, probably, uh, you know, you, you can see the manner of defeat. They didn't really put up a fight. Um, the distance. Um, yeah, I personally I would, but I, I I fully appreciate the comments of you know. I said to you sort of before we started. I saw a comment by someone saying if we'd gone to the Etihad and lost six nil no one would be mentioning the word refund, which I do understand. And I, I think, you know, Brighton are a very good team and, and probably will end up playing European football. But I think it's just the way that we almost just sort of rolled over and got our bellies tickled. And for fans travelling three to four plus hours, it's 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 not ideal. What do you reckon, Jord? I think it sets a dangerous precedent if you do offer a refund. Um, because... Where do you draw the line? Do you say anything above four nil? You give a refund five nil. Every time we lose, if yeah. you give a refund now, you know every time we lose, there's going to be fans going, "Oh, where's my refund? I've I've I've, I've took booked time off work. It's cost me two hundred quid for a hotel, weekend away, whatever." Like you you pay for a ticket for Brighton away, knowing that you could win, lose, or draw, but you've yeah. already committed your thirty quid to it. I, I think it's a nice gesture for the the club to do or the players to do. It's a it's a tapping for um, the players. Absolutely, but I I think it sets a dangerous precedent really to start doing that. For me, what's what's what I've been more impressed with or what I'm happy with is uh, there's been no apologies yet on any sort of line of social media, and I really hope there ain't any because I don't give a shit about your apologies. 
We try again. We str- stronger as a pack. All this bollocks. Fuck off. Like the game's gone. <laughs> the game. No, I'm right. There we are. I am right. The game's gone. Yeah, you are. Put it right on the weekend. I don't want any false apology or hollow, hollow. Or I'm really sorry. Don't give a shit. You got embarrassed. Villa at home is a massive game. Whether the, the league's on the line or not, in terms of staying up or not, there's local bragging rights. Whether you think it's a big derby or not, go out there, beat them two 0 and everyone will forget about it. That that's Agreed. literally what I think. Yeah. yeah, if you said to me you can have a thirty quid back for a ticket, or we we'll go out and beat the Villa, you'd be like, you'd you'd be be Villa. Beat yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, but what happens if they turn up and they absolutely stink the place out again, and Villa put four past us? Would you expect a refund from the Brighton game, still, <laughs> Sean? <laughs> yeah, it might be a bit different then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but let's be honest, though. If they lose four to, they lose four to Villa at Molyneux. Don't get me any they, ain't out, they ain't getting out the fucking ground. Yeah. The players' coach, players' coach, have its tires ripped off. <laughs> like, it ain't gonna happen. They got away with that. The Albion defeat at Molyneux was in in the pandemic because, honest to God, the only person out there was Kev G. Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> that that honestly, I still think that's the biggest thing ever. Like, if we'd have lost three two to Albion, that Albion side with a full Pat Molyneux, Nuno's head would have been on a stake. I'm telling you. <laughs> it was that bad. I think that's what saved him, though, for so long. Not having a crowd Probably. there. Oh, it, wouldn't have happened. it wouldn't have happened with the crowd. Do you not think? No, no chance. No. I disagree. Um, let's get... Let's Fabio about... Silva scoring there in front of the South Bank or whatever. Mate, different... different. No, he would have been North Bank there. He would have been in front of me. Yeah. Me down the front, <laughs> me top off. Fabio's team. Silver T-shirt on. <laughs> Scored a winning penalty at the weekend for uh, PSV. What a baller. Um, Villa on Saturday, my birthday. Jord, am I going to have a happy birthday? I hope so. (laughs) We talk about the football or just generally? I hope you have a happy birthday. We're dictated by by the football. Well, I I hope you have a happy birthday then. There you go. Um, I think Do you think I will? (laughs) I don't know. I, I still feel... I still feel there's not. I don't think there's anything between like squads on paper and football ain't played on paper. But I don't think there's anything between our squad and Villa squad. I generally don't. Like I don't think there's much between them. They've got a goal scorer. They've got good players. We've got good players. They've got a better goalie than us for sure. <laughs> like I think it'd be a tight game. I really do. Um, but I hope we turn it round. I mean, we've won six out of eight at home. We're good at home. It'd just be nice, you know. It's been a very sort of bang average season, so it would be nice to, to beat the Villa, I guess. And uh, yeah, we can enjoy some of them. What do you reckon, Dave? Do you think there's a chance that we could uh, get a result? Let, let's face it; it's probably not going to be any worse than next last Saturday. Yeah, and... yeah. <laughs> no, it sounds a, a bit backwards, and you think, well, you've just you've just moaned for thirty eight <laughs> minutes about that, but. Could that Brighton result almost be like a blessing in disguise? Because it might put a rocket up the players' asses and they might get a result. Yeah, finish two on walls, guaranteed. Do you really? Uh, think? Yeah, we'll do. Always, we always do them at Molyneux. Always do them at Molyneux. So now we'll uh, we'll beat them. But I think the Villa have got to be careful because they'll probably look at that result like we did against Bournemouth at the start of the season. What Liverpool beat them seven, eight nil, something like that. And we no, think. Yeah. Nine, yeah. Uh, even more then. <laughs> we went into that game thinking, fucking hell, happy days. We're going to do Bournemouth here. But the one thing, Wolves will make sure they're going to be a lot better defensively for sure on Saturday. 
Um, and hopefully Villa come into it sort of um, sort of expecting something when, and, and you know, what's the word? Getting a bit complacent. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm confident we'll get something out of the game. And I think I, I can just picture us having almost a huge sigh of relief. We beat the Villa. Mathematically, we're safe. And uh, then next game at Molyneux, we can uh, relegate Everton as well. On the off chance that we we, we we do win, which I think we're you know we're not favourites by any stretch of the imagination. Villa are a good side, banging form. Yeah. Um, but I believe we can we can stay up, can't we? We can mathematically confirm yeah. our safety in the Premier League. Do, Dave, do you know off the top of your head what the stipulations are for for that to be confirmed? I think obviously Leicester and Everton are playing as we speak, but I think if. Um, two, if it's Leeds and Forest down in the bottom three, for argument's sake, or no, no, no. So if if the teams that are in 18th and 19th lose and Wolves win, we will uh, we will mathematically be safe. I think even if they drop points, actually. So let me think. Say for argument's sake, they're on 30 points. Get 31. We're on the 40 mark. Yeah, still not mathematically possible, but yeah, we, we if we win and they both lose for sure, we we're definitely safe. Yeah, Southampton we, we, can't catch us; it's just 18th and 19th now. You were, uh, I think, it was you who said on the, on the podcast a few weeks ago that it would be the Villa game where we were safe, and yeah. I said the United game. It's probably going to be the United game, isn't it? Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, hopefully it's the Villa game. Yeah. yeah, I think it'll be the United game. I, I think we've got more chance to beat United than we have Villa, even at Old Trafford. Personally, I don't know. You, I don't know you guys feel about that. George's face is a picture, so I don't think he. Did you say so? You got more chance of beating United at Old Trafford than we have at Villa at Molyneux. Nah, not with our away form, actually. Yeah, we 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 always do well against Villa. We always do very well against Villa, especially at home. If it was Birmingham City or if it was Albion, then yeah, I'd be a bit more worried. But Villa, we tend to have all right joy against. And I don't want to talk a bit too early, but. I'm always confident going into those games. You're getting clipped up, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I've not said anything nasty about the Villa, so clip me up. <laughs> what, what would you do with the team? Wholesale changes? Would you bring the likes of Jimenez and Aitnuri back in? Not Raul. Maybe Aitnuri. We've seen him play as a right back before, I think, possibly. Um, I don't think I have. Or am I, no, Samade, I've seen play as a left back, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I no, don't know. Jimenez easily. probably probably won't. Cunha and him, Diego Costa for sure. I bring Sarabia back in. Um, midfield two is the one for me. I just don't know what he he he'd do with that. Um, probably going to be Neves and Lamina again. I'd assume. Um, but the the big one's the goalkeeper for me. I think it's a big decision. I think I think he'll stick with Saar, but um, be interested if he does go with Bentley. Well, if he goes with Bentley, that is the end of Jose Sarr at Wolves. If you go with Bentley and it is the end of Jose Sarr, do you think that makes Sarr's value depreciate and the club might think we've got a £10 million goalkeeper here who's now worth six because the manager won't play him? I think someone will still pay 10 for him. Mm. I don't think 10... 10 not a lot of money in this day and world, is it, for modern football? He's, um, he's, thir- he's only 30 as well. He's not like, you know, he's still... well. Coming into his prime, if that makes, I don't know yeah. what that looks like. But transfer market, I know that's nothing to go by because it's community managed. But they've got him at eighteen million euros. You just get you yeah. just get your money back for him, and we paid around three years like left on his three years left on his deal. Fifteen million, maybe. 
Nah, you, you take the ten and run. What do you reckon, George? Do you think do you think that Bentley comes in and who else would you would you bring back into the side? I'd bring I would I would play Bentley, hundred percent. I think you see it a lot though as well. When when a team gets smashed, they'll often swap the goalie around as well, just because it's just a I don't know, they just tends to happen. So I think Bentley will end up playing. Someone that we haven't spoken about playing right back, and again, not sure if we will or not, but that's where Craig Dawson played for the Albion for about six, seven years. Um, so you might see, I, I think you'd more likely see Craig Dawson at right back than you are Nathan Collins. Nathan Collins would come and slot inside one. I think if, if that was to happen, I think Samad will be fit, to be honest with you. I, didn't, I don't think he looked that bad when he when he come trudling off. I think he just, his pride was a bit hurt, to be honest with you. Um, for me, I'd play Sarabia. I think we're a better team with Wang in the eleven as well. Um, at the moment under Lopetegui. So I'd play Wang and Sarabia out wide, Cunha, Diego Costa. And for me, again, this sounds stupid, like I wouldn't have said this a month ago, but I'd play Gomez and uh, Lamina. So I think never hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Now, score prediction off you, please, Jude. No, they said 2 1 Wolves. Um. Whoa. I will go. I think. Two, I think it could be two-one either way. Um, I'll go two-one Wolves, and I'm going to go for Craig Dawson, Edda, Bash. and uh, we're going to go with a Cunha goal as well. Cunha would love it if he scored against the Villa, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah he, does it, he loves it, eh? He gets he gets it, do it. He does his all right then let's move on to the questions thanks for those who sent in questions on twitter quite a lot of them are around Saul, and i think we've we've pretty much covered them adrian has asked us Saul go in the summer i think we spoke about that thomas price would you play bentley or Saul? i think i mean let's answer that one word i i'd say bentley jord bentley dave <laughs> um, probably Saw still. That's oh, what I think. No, that's no, 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 that's what no, I think no. Lafferty will do personally. No, no, I didn't ask. Uh, would you? Would you play? Yeah, but I, I've got the same brain as Lafferty, so <laughs> I fucking hope not. After <laughs> um, I, I, I'll say Benny just because I'm intrigued. I would be intrigued to see what he's like. Vibes in it. Yeah. Um, James has asked, why doesn't Julen stick with the 4-4-2 formation that's been so successful at home when playing away? I can't remember the last time we played well in a 4-3-3, or if it did happen, it happened so rarely. Why do you think that is, Dave? I don't know. I think he's probably got some sort of home tactic and away tactic, hasn't he? And I think the home tactic is where we've played better and where we tend to play the 4-4-2. Or I'd say it's more of a 4-2-3-1, personally. But um, the... I don't know. It's just it was. It's been awful away from home. Two wins this season away, which is ridiculous. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think between now and the end of the season, it's hard though because you're playing two good teams away as well, like really good sides. So do you go there and attack? But that's something that they've seriously got to look at next season. Is that away form? And you know. I don't get how we can play so well, keep so much of the ball at home, but then away from home, it's so, so different. I really don't understand. 
What do you think, George? Why does, why does he change it? I don't know. If I'm honest <laughs> with you, I don't know. Because I always feel like managers get a little bit lost at times in terms of in their own head and try and be a bit cute and a bit clever. But for me, like like Dave said, like the home form's been that impressive. Just line up and do it away as well. I feel like, obviously, you know, maths, maths show it and data will show that, you know, teams teams perform better at home than they do away naturally and get more wins at home than they will away. Yeah. But I, I'm, I don't think, I don't understand how we can be so Jekyll and Hyde with it. Like I think if you play the same taxes at home as you do away, granted you're going to lose some games, but that that's fine. But I feel, I feel like we'd win more than we'd lose playing the way we have been at home under Lopetegui. I'll just go four four two and just as well now. Again, I'm saying it now on this podcast. Like we're categorically not going down whether we don't get another point to the end of the season. Like just, just try it. Implement your style. Play players that you want to play. Like, let's just see how it goes. I was a little bit sad and did the the Premier League predictor for the rest of the season. If anyone else has had a go at it, and I had us not picking up a point, and the teams around us doing a lot better than you probably think they would, and we still stayed up by two points. Mm. And that was that. I think that was Forest running like two and getting three draws. So the you talk about the Brighton game though, like I know you said you weren't that asked about it, George. Like I was disgusted at the performance, but then like I saw that Brentford scored a 94 minute win and I was just like like it's crap. But I think if if Forrest would have won, you'd have been a bit like that, you know, it's even worse. But the fact that they lost doesn't really matter, yeah. does it? Well, but that's the, perhaps that's what the players are thinking. Well, the teams below us are gonna run out of games, aren't they? That that's what'll happen. Like yeah. um, they're playing each other a lot as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So we thought we'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah, we will. Next question is Wolf from Wolfpack. Looking at our weak spots, it looks like it's out to Samado and Saar. Lopetegui, no way I will accept this and expect the seasons. We'll release some players, maybe even Saar and Samado. We can't release Saar because he's got three years left on his deal. Samado's out of contract at the end of the season, but the club have got an option of a further two years, which we expect them to trigger. Would you look at Carvajal if the rumours are true and maybe someone like Ariola from West Ham? Uh, Ariola would have rolled a geezer. I'd look at Carvajal. I wouldn't mind him. Um, Carvajal as well, I'd take. I know he's probably past his best, but again, you're talking about experience there, which I think is key for, key for Wolves. Um, yeah, I'd probably take them both, to be honest. Yeah. What about you, George? Would you take Real Madrid to Danny Carvajal at Wolves? He's still only 31, to be honest. So it's not he's yeah, not the old, yeah. he's not too old. Yeah, I think I said it when it first came out in the in the January window or whenever it was when we linked with him. Like I feel like it'd be very Dennis Irwin esque. That's that. Yeah. Sort of yeah, he's 31 though. Like, yeah, but, yeah, but you know what I mean? It's like yeah. He's Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, but like, I think getting someone with that, I, I think naturally, when I've seen him of late, even in the World Cup, as I thought he's looked a little bit, we well, don't look the same as he was, but I mean, he had to come and do a job for Walls. I think with Ariola, my only thing with that is he's been a number two for probably the last sort of three, four years. I know he had that season alone at Fulham, but he was number two at PSG for a while. He's been number two behind Fabianski at West Ham as well for a couple of years. and I don't necessarily think Fabianski is the best goalkeeper in the world, to be honest with you. I so if you're not Fabianski. playing over Fabianski. What about Kaylor Navas if Forrest go down? He's been awful, hasn't he? 
Nah, he's done really well. I think, I think he's done okay. The Forest. I looked. I was reading about it on the weekend. The Forest fans hate him. Oh, I've seen. I've seen them been saying, Yeah, man. They say he keeps dropping bricks, and they keep because he, it was on the. It's on the Who's post. It? Um, <laughs> where basically Dean Henderson's been ruled out to the end of the season till August this now, weekend, and, yeah. and um, everyone's just saying Kaylin Navis is shit, all this sort of stuff, bloody blah, blah blah blah. So I don't know. I, what about Ochoa? If we talk about these retro oh my World God, Cup, yeah. <laughs> he's in the three, isn't he? The thing is, yeah, Ochoa, mate, yeah. he's like 38 and he's 37. I remember every World, every World Cup he rocks up. He's just wheel him out. Yeah. And I remember, I, I can't remember what, he had a really good World Cup. But for some reason, I was watching a little bit of Spanish league football and he was fucking awful. He was diabolical. And I'm sure I saw some people linking him with a move to the Prem. I was like, no, don't. He's, he's gash. But the, I don't know. The thing with Navas is, was it last week? He, he made an unbelievable save and then like two minutes later he palmed it straight out to the striker, didn't he? I watched the highlights and it was like... The, the this is what these comments are about. Great save and then, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. That's why it's very difficult. I know we're talking about replacing goalkeepers. That is a very difficult position to to replace. The keepers are good with the feet. They've got a lot of top flight experience. They're just expensive, aren't they? Well, the thing is, Saw, if you pick out Saw's good points, watch shots up in coming off his line and so on and then his bad points distribution or whatever but then you to find a goalkeeper that's good at everything they're playing at the top so you're gonna something will have to give whoever you sign they're still not going to be perfect at, at absolutely everything so that's the one thing we're gonna have to consider here's the name for you here we go dragowski <laughs> he was the one that was linked i thought that's who you're going to talk about earlier when you were oh, on really? about Jose Sar, yeah, you know, you was on about goalkeepers being linked. Uh, Dragowski was one of the names, yeah. Him and I don't know who else was linked. I want to say Milinkovic Savic, his brother, the goalie, but I, I'm not sure if it was him. But Dragowski definitely was. And um, yeah. who's the bloke who had a good World Cup? Livakovic, Livakovic, how do you pronounce it? The Croatian goalie. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna say the Croatian. He's quite old, though, isn't he? Now, nah, he's well. No, he's, a he's quite young. He's a young keeper. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. The one he's that, only, uh, he's 20, oh, no, he's, he's 28, to be fair. I thought he was... I thought oh, he was Ethan Pinnett's territory, mate. He's yeah, well yeah. off. I, I only <laughs> thought he was like 22, 23. I thought he was like 22, 23 as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think he's one of the football manager goalkeepers. He's been around for ages. Yeah. Same like Akin, Akin Fieve or Akin Fieve or whatever his name is. <laughs> Go to him. Yeah. Um, right, next question is from Charlie WWFC 37. If you could sit down and have dinner with three Wolves players and managers, past or present, who would they be and why? Dead, dead or alive, or past or present? So I don't yeah. think that. Well, yeah, dead or alive, mate. Go on, I'll let, I'll let you have that. Um, it's a hard, hard question. I'm not prepared for this one. I'd probably say Billy Wright would be one because I think. We all obviously we all missed out on uh, Billy Wright. Um George didn't. <laughs> George, no, I mean, I watched it. George watched it <laughs> yeah. under the lights at Honved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it League Champions, you'll never yeah. sing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Stanley Matthews on them all. <laughs> Crikey, what a hit. Um, uh... <laughs> That's a whole can we come back to that? Yeah. I can't think of three. Uh, you've got to put Mick McCarthy in there. Yeah. What, what, just for dinner. What was so? Can we set the scene, Matt? Can you tell us what what 
MK yeah. Bites. So That's the same. Yeah. So the, the the dinner is it's just like a a traditional Sunday roast. There's a few bottles of wine. Um, there is a there, there is a dessert as well if you, if you want that. But it's just a a nice Sunday dinner with a few bottles of red. Nothing too fancy, but you know, good hearty meal. Um, I'd go with Robbie Keane for one of my guests because he was my little, he was my idol growing up. Mm. Um, and I reckon he liked the Vino. Yeah. So, Robbie Keane. He's on Scott. You know I think I'd go, mm. He was, yeah. I think I would go Mick as well. I think Mick could have a few good stories to tell. Um, third one. Probably Ebanks Blake because he'd want to go out afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Any legends? Stan Cullis could be a good one as well, yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't realise how big Stan Cullis was. I know, he's fucking size of him outside the stadium. I know, he's made of brass as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mr. Jack, he's about nine foot. It's yeah. like Neil Warnock. Actually, you know, I'll get no, that, one, that one count, would it? But Sir Jack would have been a good one as well, maybe. But then he's not a manager, ex-player or manager. But yeah, I'd, 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 I'd count that. Jack. I'd yeah, count we'll, that. Put, we'll put Sir Jack in as well. I'd say Bidder out Mick McCarthy, Sir Jack. I like that one. Apparently, so obviously this is a podcast. So Jack had absolutely no fucking clue about football, by the way. Well, he said, I'm going to give you a war chest, how much you need to win the league. And he gave yeah. David, you know, deal or no deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it. After Dave, Dave, Jones, million, it? Dave Jones got Wolves promoted and it took until like the week before pre-season for Sir Jack to have a meeting with him. And, it, and Dave Jones walked in and he goes, Dave, how much is it going to take you to win the Premier League? <laughs> he goes, so Jack, <laughs> he goes, so Jack, you ain't got enough money to win the Premier League. Just give me 20 million and I'll keep this team in the league. And they give him 3 million. So, yeah, he got <laughs> Absolutely hey. superb. What were yours, George? Sorry. Um, Robbie Keane, Mick McCarthy, and I'll go to Jack. I can't yeah. believe no one's mentioned Bully yet. Yeah, we all know. We'll probably, we'll probably be with bull, bully uh, dinner for bully anyway. Yeah, he's yeah. done that many after after yeah. after dinner speaking, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, right. Who's yours, Matt? It's hard yeah. question. That is genuinely a hard question. Isn't it? Uh, probably say Connor Cody. Mm. I'd say one for the dogs. Mick, Mick McCarthy. <laughs> Nuno would be a good one as well, actually. No, I wouldn't let him in the house. Nuno is my key. He's going to part me cut now. <laughs> <laughs> I jest, I jest. Um, probably say Connor Cody, Mick McCarthy. And I don't know, because I feel like the, the, all these have done so many podcasts. So we already know what they're like. Is there not a, like, an old school legend that you'd ever want to hear and talk to? Like Melis, you know, anyone like that? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Muscat. Yeah, just, just get Melis to come around and ask him what his body count is. Genuinely iconic, man. To be fair with Melis, he would be a good dinner speaker because he wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing overtime. Yeah. Um, I'd probably have Stan Cullis just to understand what it was actually like when wars were half decent at football <laughs> and not winning stuff. Uh, the, the, the juicy fruit. What do you think is Matthias and Matthias Nunes best position is? Certainly not right back. Uh, no, I do feel a little bit sorry for him with that 
I do. I, I don't know. I like I like him on the right wing, and I still we've not really mentioned it. I thought Neto was the best of a very very bad bunch on Saturday, but I can't understand why Nunes was started on the left and Neto had started on the right. Um. So I just don't, I genuinely don't know. And again, that's what I'm talking about with like the balance of positions. Like Nunes is obviously a very talented footballer, but you've got to somehow fit him into a team of ten other footballers and fit him into a role that works well. So I think a four-three-three would work best for Nunes because you'd want him bursting forward. But um, I just don't think we've got the players that, that work with him at the moment, unfortunately. I think he works best in a midfield too with a back five behind him. That's what he did at Sporting. But he had Peña. So are you saying that you want Nuno back? I mean, I've just, not, I just told him we'll have money out, so... Because <laughs> no, I want I... him out in Compton now instead. <laughs> yeah, I don't want him at house. I want him at Molyneux. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what they played with, like, out-and-out wing-backs as well, though. I don't, I don't know. I think he's best in a, in a double pivot in the middle, but that's... Like you say, Dave, it's almost like a, a luxury, isn't it? Because you've got to put him in there defensively. He's not great, but I don't know. What do you reckon, Jord? I think the same as you. I think his best position. We haven't seen him playing it, um, or haven't seen him doing uh, playing there enough. And the reality of that is, we're not good enough for him to play that position. Yeah, but like, I feel like if we were better defensively, you could stick him in there and almost let him go off and flourish and sort of float around the pitch like he was doing at Sporting. But that's why I have to stick him out of the wing so there's less responsibility on him. Um, but again, he is not a winger and we know that. But I think his best position is in a midfield too, but we're not good enough for him to play that position. Hmm. Next question is from Sean Mitchell. Normal chips or orange chips? Now, this is where the fun begins. We all know you're right to that. Yeah, orange chips for me. Won't have any. No, I mean, it depends. I, it's, I think if you yeah, if you had lots, if you had, say if you're cooking a steak at home, like orange chips is just too much. No, if he's on about chipping, it's got to be chip. This is got because yeah, we, we, we had this debate in the comments last week. We were on about chippy, and you very rarely have mayonnaise with a chippy. But then someone was on yeah. about, well, we have it with French fries. Well, yeah, obviously you have it with French fries, but not with chippy chips. Um, okay, all right, Dave, just. To- Chips or bad chips? Saying. Yeah, or but that's what I'm about. This is we're not talking about fucking steak cut here, or you know, <laughs> normal chips. All right. If if there's if they're offered the orange chips, yeah. But you know, I think some it's quite rare to find nowadays. Christ, a bit of passion. Yeah. Jude. Same. I think yeah, orange chips. The the chippy by me by me though, award winning chippy old Winford fish and chip shop. Shout out. They don't do they don't do orange chips. How are they award winning? So, you tell me. But the ones like me do like half and half. They're not like normal. You can do. Yeah, yeah they, you know you've got to I mean. be, you got to be all in all, out, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. My name uh, used to ask for like scraps as well. Oh, that's what you Super. Yeah. That's proper Yorkshire, that is. <laughs> yeah. I love the scraps. Howling Wolf, and it's our final question, has asked: Is it ever okay to have half and half in an Indian restaurant, rice and chips? Or is that as bad as a half and half scarf? Rice and chips. I always have rice and chips with an Indian. Do you? Yeah. Rice chips and an all. I go full house. Okay, man. Yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, all the carbs. Keem and on, peel our rice, chips. Yeah, nothing in the curry. That peel our rice sounds comfy. What about you, yeah. George? <laughs> Depends on if you're getting into like a. I think it's. I'd always go for chips over rice. 
Really? If it was, ju- if it was just me, I'd go chips over rice. But if you get into a bit of a Gavin and Stacey situation where yeah, you're yeah. just all put everything in the middle, I'm all for that as well. I'll have a bit of everything. I think that, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I'd go chips over rice, personally. So chips, if, chip, if I, if I, rather have chips and a curry than, than curry and rice. Yeah, because you can chip the you can dip the chips in the sauce. Yeah. yeah. When <sighs> you finish the curry, like the leftover sauce, that's you use the old chip to you know scoop mm. it up. And then on as well. That's and then for. What rice do you have, George? If you're going to have rice on the off chance, <sighs> probably oh, yeah, mushroom pilaf. Jeez. Mm. What about lemon? Lemon mm. rice. Oh, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair with rice, I no, think it's a awesome. much of a muchness, to be honest. Like, anything with rice, How yeah. much do you think he'll go for in the summer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you somewhere, he ain't coming to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get in our team with Joe Hodge. Uh, <laughs> what norm would you have, Jordan? So, <laughs> usually, so, no, I'll used to, I'd usually be a cheese naan. Oh, but I have gone back to just a plain naan at the minute because I feel like my body ain't accepting cheese at the minute. I don't know what's going on. If I have cheese, lack- I just feel like I need the cars. Lactose <laughs> intolerant. He lacks not, offi- not, not, not officially, no, but um, there is definitely something. Because I'm just like, yeah, cheese at the moment ain't my friend. So I would have to go for plain, unfortunately, at the minute. Plain naan. I think that's fully fit. I'll go cheese, though. Fully fit. Fully fit. Would you do like yeah, fitness tests around the car park? Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love garlic and cheese, naan. I do. I've only ever started having it last year. I do like a peshwari, though. Peshwari. Imagine that, though. Right? Table of how many? Two. My husband's just doing some side steps outside. <laughs> 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 He's just doing the bleach test. You yeah, get up to yeah. six and come and have a cheese, naan. Yeah. If not, boiled rice, plain yeah, naan. You get the gaffer to move <laughs> Garlic rice as well for me. Garlic rice is just another level. Next time we go for a curry, Dave, I won't say you, Jordan, because you'll be plain rice, plain chips, plain curry. <laughs> thin. Uh, no, yeah. yeah. You know, them people that go in a curry house and order an omelette. Not just Jordan. That's thin. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, have a garlic rice and thank me later. Garlic rice. Garlic Probably. rice. Because it's absolutely sensational. That's all we've got time for this week. I, uh, I would say I enjoyed it. Well, I haven't really. I'm not going to lie because we had to discuss... That's these are all the better. Problem. These are the best pods, though, because you you vent and you can just forget about the game. And I'm actually happy with the lack of backlash that we we saw on Twitter. I actually thought it was going to be unbearable, but it wasn't as bad as I thought, to be honest. Yeah, someone started lining to me on Twitter, and then um, someone replied. I think it was Ronnie Henry on Twitter. He replied to though that bloke lining to me, and I was like, you know what, my work here is done because them two are just going at each other for about three hours. What, what, like, what was someone saying? What was someone saying to you? Uh, it was just like. It was, to be fair, he wasn't laying into me. That's a bit unfair. He's just trying to be clever with comments about, like, where's your Jordan line? Oh, I is it 4 nil? Is it 5 nil? Is it 6 yeah, nil? I, I was going to be like, well, I'd say 100 miles away, I'd say. 6 nil. 150 yeah. miles away, 5 nil. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever get beat 1 nil in Europe, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a refund. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, on to Villa on Saturday. Massive game. Hopefully we can restore a bit of pride. Dave, where can people find you? Should, you wish, should they wish to follow you? It's at Dave as a party on Twitter and Instagram, and obviously the old LinkedIn. Yeah, George, where can people find you, and where can they find your posts around artificial intelligence? <laughs> so yeah, George Russell Seven on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and Jordan Russell on LinkedIn for all things artificial intelligence, as Matt said. 
Do you reckon you can art- artificially intelligent, intelligently create a goalkeeper for us? I could probably ask, yeah. I can ask a chat GVT or something like that anyway. Yeah, what, <laughs> Mate, what, what, what does an ideal goalkeeper look like? Four foot four. <laughs> how good is chat GPT, by the way? Just on a, on a tangent. Have you used that? No, yeah, no, well, <laughs> I have just to play around with it. But like, yeah, it's um, it's a user friendly, general public one. Uh, yeah, it's quite good to play around with. What about chat GBT? Next week we will be using Chat GPT to investigate what does the ideal goalkeeper look like, and we'll, we'll come back. Or if someone, because I haven't got a login, can someone put in the comments? what chat gpt says is the ideal goalkeeper that'd be fantastic i'm m cooper writes on twitter matt cooper writes on all of the socials and we are talking rules across all platforms including the most important one as we just touched upon linkedin if you've liked the video i hope you have i know the results weren't great but appreciate it if you could drop us a like if you're new here let's not have a one night stand subscribe let's make it a permanent thing let's, have, let's build a, a fruitful relationship and until next time, hopefully we're coming back, we'll win over the villa and take care and look after yourselves. <laughs>